welcome in everybody to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I am Lauren Carpenter. You can find me at Stepmom Lauren, and we are heading into week 14. It is so hard to believe that we are already here knocking on the door of the fantasy playoffs here. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. And in today's show, I'm going to help you scour the waiver wire, pick up some streaming options for your quarterback position and for your special teams. And as always, everyone, this is presented by Prize Picks. If you have not done so already, what are you waiting for? It is so much fun. It is over under picks, not just for football, for so many fun sports that are out there. And again, you get your deposit of up to $100 matched if you use the promo code MMN. That's right, MMN. It's Mayo Media Net if you haven't figured it out. Use that promo code. There's also a link in the description of this video. Takes you right there with the promo code in there. Remember, you can join the 7-Eleven Challenge, which I will go over the leaderboard from two weeks ago and see if we have any movers and shakers that are going on with our 7-Eleven Challenge. And if you want to participate in our 7-Eleven Challenge, guess what? It's not too late. I understand it's week 14, but that doesn't matter when it comes to this show. In fact, you can still get involved because we have prizes for middle. We have prizes for dead last. And of course, we have prizes for first, second, and third place. So without further ado, let's hop right into our leaderboard. Alan W., you're back, my friend. You're back. You are in first place solidly with 47 picks correct so far through week 13. Again, I am going from a week behind because we have so many people that join our 7-Eleven challenge. It takes a little bit of time to update. So I am actually going from the week 13, um, actually week 12, my bad. What week is it? I don't even know where, where I am. Who am I? What's my name? I have no idea. Either way, Alan W., you are in the lead with 47 correct picks. Nicholas R., you are now in second place by yourself, my friend, with 45 correct. Joseph W., you are tied with Marcus F. in third place. That's okay, my friend. You have 43 correct. And remember, we are playing this through the season, so this is going to be so much fun. Keep them coming. And uh, let me scroll all the way down here to our zeros. Again, like I said, we have prizes for dead last, too, so uh, pretty awesome. It took me a while to get there, and I'm finally here. Nicholas T., you are at zero. Ty S., also at zero. Dale P., John B., Jasmine C., Francis K., and Alexa D., all at zero. That's okay. You don't have to get any right to get some prizes when it comes to our 7-Eleven challenge. Remember, you can use the promo code MMN, and you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. And it's very easy to join in the fun of our 7-Eleven challenge. You just pick five over-unders from the Thursday and the Sunday slate of games. Not Monday, but Thursday and Sunday slate of games. Pick five over-unders, and make sure you change your bet amount to 7 $7.11. That is how Prize Picks tracks it. That is how I can tell you where you're at, how you're doing. Actually, just the top and the bottom. That's really all I cover when it comes to this stuff because that's where the money is. And uh, middle always changes. That's why I usually don't cover the middle one because that one is going to be different depending on who is joining us late, which is absolutely no problem. But again, in this show, we just don't have the leaderboard that we're covering for the 7-Eleven Challenge. Nay, 
We also, as I mentioned, week 14, early waivers. If you're watching this on Monday, this is being recorded prior to the Monday night game, which is very windy, very snowy in Buffalo between the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. So that should be a very interesting game. Keep your eyes on that. It's going to be a mess. Give me a hot mess. That's also my definition of hell. I live in a warm state because I don't like being cold. So like watching that game is going to make me freezing cold tonight, but that is okay. We also have injury updates in addition to early waivers as well as your streaming options. Uh, but before we get into all of that, as I said, we have to go into our injuries first. We do have some good news here. I'll start with the good news because good news is always great. We like good news. Logan Thomas. Uh, freak out there because it all intents and purposes everyone thought he tore his ACL and possibly severely damaged his MCL however tests have revealed that it is not torn there is pretty uh significant damage but that doesn't necessarily mean that Logan Thomas to Logan Thomas says excuse me uh season is over he is the tight end for the Washington football team um incredibly athletic incredibly talented he had an amazing touchdown reception on Sunday uh he's just one of those dynamic players you don't want to lose so keep your eye on Logan Thomas I will bring up Ricky Seals Jones anyway when we get to our tight end waivers Joe Burrow he damaged his pinky now I don't know if you saw a close-up of it but it was fat it was puffy and fat and and frankly gnarly as someone who played sports growing up a lot. I've jammed fingers. I've broken fingers. In fact, I've broken every single one of my fingers. And believe me, it is not fun. And unfortunately, this is the pinky on his throwing hand. He wants to tough it out, and he has full expectation of playing Week 14 unless something catastrophic, catastrophic happens, and uh, he can't play for some reason. So just keep your eye on Joe Burrow. Keenan Allen, wide receiver for the Chargers, was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. So something to keep an eye on for week 14. That is unfortunate across the board for the Chargers and also for Justin Herbert. So ouch. And Darren Waller, he has been upgraded now to day-to-day after he missed week 13 with his knee injury. So something to keep an eye on there. Unfortunately, bad news here. Kenyon Drake looks like he broke his ankle in the matchup on Sunday. It was gross. I oh, thoughts and prayers to Kenyon Drake. Uh, he has um, a pretty solid contract, so uh, speedy recovery to Kenyon Drake. Uh, likely his season is over. Um, that should be confirmed on Tuesday. And then Adam Thielen, he has suffered a sprained ankle, so he wants to play. But that may not happen. Also, Alexander Madison should be the RB1 because Dalvin Cook is likely to miss another week due to his shoulder dislocation and torn labrum. So the Vikings, who desperately need wins, are going to have to pull a rabbit out of their hat after losing to the aforementioned, and not aforementioned, but previously winless Lions. That's right, I'm representing the Lions courtesy of my husband who got me this for Christmas a few years ago because he is a Lions fan and we have a lot to celebrate when it comes to the Lions. And yeah, I actually have two Lions wide receivers on our waiver show. What? Mind blown, because I normally just stay as far away from the Lions as humanly possible, unless your name is Jamal Williams, who was also kind of a disappointment, but... These things happen. It's fantasy football. 
Let's hop right in to our waiver wire targets here. Let's start at the running back position. These are gross. I'm not going to pretend that they're beautiful and they they don't smell like roses. Let's just leave it there. So the first one I want to bring up here is Adrian Peterson. So he hopped from the Tennessee Titans, well, from his couch to the Tennessee Titans, and now he is on the Seattle Seahawks. He is about 13% rostered. And he was literally just activated off the practice squad, and then they're like, boom, get in the game. Alex Collins was not active for the game in week 13 so Adrian Peterson saw 11 carries for 16 yards only boo but one of them was a touchdown in his debut for Seattle now Travis Homer got involved DJ Dallas got involved and uh, it's just something that is going to be a gross backfield but they want to run the ball so there are worse options that are available on the waiver wire and we're talking volume here and again he just got activated so this might be the low end of his productivity when it comes to how he can Uh, let's say, handle the volume for the Seattle Seahawks. He also has a great matchup coming up this week in Week 14 against Houston. Then they face the Rams, Chicago, but then they face Detroit. So Adrian Peterson has some really excellent flex appeal there. Or if you're desperate, an RB2 situation for Adrian Peterson, but it's not pretty. Another one that's really not too explosive, nor pretty, but... Somehow, he's getting it done with Michael Carter sidelined. It's Tevin Coleman of the New York Jets. I can't believe we are also bringing up someone like Tevin Coleman. I feel like, I don't know, 2015 called and it wants all the running backs back, but he is 40% rostered. And uh, the aforementioned Michael Carter, see, I used aforementioned correctly that time. Yes, sing. He is not coming back until at least or earliest week 15 is when he is eligible to return. So you at least have one more week of some pretty significant volume from Tevin Coleman. He had 11 carries for 58 yards. He also had three receptions on four targets for 19 yards. And uh, they play New Orleans and then Miami, then Jacksonville, then Tampa Bay. It's not great, But there is opportunity there for Tevin Coleman, at least within the next week. New Orleans defense is stout, but, you know, we're desperate here. It's week 14. There's not much when it comes to running back availability on the waiver wire. And last but not least, Carlos Hyde for the Jaguars. Urban Meyer despises James Robinson. That is, like, pretty obvious at this point. Plus, James Robinson is banged up and he fumbled. And it was Carlos Hyde and LaVisca Chenault, of all people, who got a chunk of the work. Now, Hyde is only 11% rostered. He only had nine carries for 24 yards, but he did score a touchdown. And his usage is going to be primarily dependent on James Robinson and whether or not he can hang on to the football and his health. I don't love it, but again... We don't really love everything that's available on the waiver wire when it comes to the running backs. They are facing Tennessee, Houston, the Jets, and then New England through our championship run. I want to give some honorable mentions here because the Eagles are heading into a bye. So Jordan Howard and Kenny Galladay are options, but that is going to depend on the health of Miles Sanders and also Boston Scott. So this is a very confusing backfield. It has been confusing. Nick Sirianni makes it even more confusing, but I just want to bring that up. Plus they have a bye week. So if you have the room, if you're lucky and you have that, And you have some room to stash one of these guys. I like Jordan Howard a little bit more than Kenny Gainwell. But again, bye week coming up in week week 14, excuse me. Now let's jump into our wide receivers, which is a little prettier, although not by much. We have Russell Gage, finally. Finally a good game from Russell Gage. I think we've all been waiting for this to happen. He is the wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, and he is 30% rostered. He had... 
a career, not a career, excuse me, season high, at least season high, in targets, receptions, and yards against Tampa Bay. That was 12 targets, 11 receptions, and 130 yards. That is epic. Well done, Gage. He did not score a touchdown, but hopefully that's just a matter of time here because the Falcons need to stack up some wins. They just do. So he should continue to see the volume there, and they play Carolina, San Francisco, and then Detroit. These are all opportunities that he can exploit, hopefully, if he can keep up those amazing hands. Let's go, Russell Gage. I told you not to chase Olamide Zacchaeus. Russell Gage is the one. He gets the volume. And next coming up, we talked about uh, the injury to Adam Thielen. This brings me to K.J. Osborne of the Vikings. He is only 5% rostered. Now, he was kind of a waiver wire darling early in the season and then dissipated. But he has opportunity now, especially since Adam Thielen is likely to miss some time. He had seven targets, four receptions, 47 yards, and he did find the end zone. Now, the Vikings are desperate for wins throughout the rest of the season. They're desperate, 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 especially after that loss to the Lions. They're going to face Pittsburgh, then Chicago, and then the Rams. Again, opportunity here. It's not awesome, but if Kirk Cousins wants to pull out a victory, these are going to be close-scoring games. That means passing. That means likely Justin Jefferson, Tyler Conklin, and KJ Osborne. I will bring up Tyler Conklin in just a minute as well. And as I mentioned previously, I have two Lions wide receivers that I like moving forward, sort of. Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay, kudos to you, buddy. Not only did you get that last touchdown, but you had yourself a game. He had 12 targets, 10 receptions, and 86 yards. That was pretty epic considering we're talking about the Lions offense and Jared Goff. So there's that. The other wide receiver I want to bring up here is Josh Reynolds, who does have some chemistry with quarterback Jared Goff from their time with the Rams. And Josh Reynolds is only 5% rostered. Now, Reynolds was a little quieter. He had seven targets, four receptions, and 69 yards and did not find the end zone. But still, if they're going to try to... I don't know, keep the momentum going. I don't want to say stack wins because I don't really like that. But if they want to keep the momentum going, he's going to have to, he meaning Jared Goff, is going to have to target those two. And that also leaves opportunity for TJ Hawkinson, who is obviously rostered. But these guys are going to bring a dynamic element to that offense, and hopefully they can keep the momentum going from their win against the Vikings. They will face the Denver Broncos, Arizona Cardinals, and then they have a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I'm going to bring up one more here that is likely rostered but worth checking into. It's Devontae Parker of the Dolphins. So he's a veteran that can usually get it done. He's right around 50% rostered or higher in the different leagues that I looked in. He had a quiet game, but remember this was his first game back from a significant injury. And they are going to face the Jets, the Saints, and the Titans. This is a very strong strength of schedule. And Tua Tungavailoa is going to have to find someone other than Jalen Waddle to pass the ball to. And Devontae Parker could very well be the guy. Honorable mention here to Kendrick Bourne, likely to not have a great game considering the conditions in Buffalo. It is gusty wind, it is freezing cold, and it is snowing. So this game could see a lot of run game, ground and pound, not trying to put the ball through the air here. So whether or not Kendrick Bourne does it, has a good game, he has been trending in the right direction. In fact, he has scored three touchdowns in his last two games and a in his last game against the Tennessee Titans, when he scored two touchdowns, that was on six targets, five receptions, and 61 yards. I really like Kendrick Bourne moving forward. Just understand that he is a high-risk, high-reward kind of player, but still, sometimes that's what you need when you're heading into the championships. 
Now let's hit tight end, and I'm going to mention Tyler Conklin, like I mentioned earlier. I'm saying mentioned a lot. Aforementioned, mentioned, previously mentioned. Lots of mentions here, but I talk about these players because I like them. Again, Adam Thielen, likely to miss time. Dalvin Cook, definitely missing time. Tyler Conklin is 33% rostered, and um, it's... (sighs) He needs to find the end zone to really make some splash when it comes to fantasy football, but that's not necessarily a stretch. In fact, he had nine receptions, seven targets, and 56 yards, even though he didn't find the end zone, but he is likely to do so with Adam Thielen out of the picture. They are playing Pittsburgh, Chicago, and LA. Again, like I mentioned with the Vikings, they have got to score points and they have got to start winning football games if they have any hope of making it into the playoffs. Now, Ricky Seals-Jones, another one I mentioned earlier in this video. He is 5% rostered, the uh, backup tight end, if you will, for the Washington football team. It is likely that Logan Thomas will miss time. We still need to understand more of this injury, the impact, the timetable. We just, there's too much up in the air right now. So picking up someone like Ricky Seals-Jones, if you're the Thomas manager or if you are streaming the position, doesn't hurt. He was inactive in week 13, and that is likely because it was Logan Thomas that was active, but he also was a little banged up. So we need to monitor his health, which is never fun when you're trying to stream the position. But they will face Dallas, Philadelphia, and then Dallas. Those are all opportunities if Taylor Heineke continues to produce and just make wins happen. That's what he does. He YOLOs a lot, and I love it, and that means opportunity for the pass catchers, including Ricky Seals-Jones. And then Foster Morell. Okay, this was super duper disappointing. All right, he only had, I think, three, 34 yards on like three targets and one reception. It was not super awesome. But again, one of those situations where he had big, big, big shoes to fill kind of wasn't really his game, but the opportunity still could be there. Again, he is entirely dependent on what happens with Darren Waller. They are going to face the Chiefs in week 14, who have allowed the sixth most points to the tight end position. So if you have Foster Moreau and Darren Waller does not play, I think you can roll with him. If you are desperate and need somebody, he is only 23% rostered, and I think he could be a spot start. Just understand that it may not be huge points, but it should be better than nothing. Now let's dive into our streaming options. For this one, we're going to need hazmat suits and like disinfected snorkel gear because I don't love the QB streamers. I mean, my favorite one here is Taysom Hill, but he hurt himself um, like badly on the Thursday game, uh, very much akin to what happened to Russell Wilson, who missed a ton of time and came back way too early and sucks. So this is stressful. Um, if Taysom Hill can possibly go which is crazy. He's not going to get it done through the air. It's going to be on the ground. Now, they are playing the Jets, who have allowed the sixth most points to the quarterback position. So if you have Taysom Hill, hang on to him and see what happens because he can get it done on the ground. I don't love this if you want to try to stream the position unless we know more about what's going on with Taysom Hill's health. So keep your eye on him. After that, we have Cam Newton and the Panthers. The Panthers fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, like, I think a few minutes after the 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Very odd. Like, after their bye week was very, very strange. But Cam Newton is only 29% rostered. Another one who is struggling to get it done through the air. But he can get it done on the ground with his legs. He has the opportunity to have a bounce-back game here against Atlanta, who have allowed the 10th most points to opposing quarterbacks. And finally, my guy Taylor Heineke. 
he can really, really disappoint you, and then he can really, really surprise you. But either way, he's one of those options that you can stream. The matchup is a little tough because they're facing Dallas, who have allowed only the 19th most points to quarterbacks. But this is a divisional game, and Taylor Heineke wants to win. And I think he's going to get it done whichever way he possibly can, which includes through the air and on or using his legs, I should say. I was going to say through his legs. That didn't sound right. Let's not say that again. With his legs is what I meant to say. And he is 40% rostered. A little bit more rostered than our other two quarterbacks in Taysom Hill and Cam Newton, but still an opportunity, just a tougher one. And then finally, to wrap up our waivers and streamers, I have a, a host of DSTs that I could have brought to you today, but I didn't want this video to be three hours long, so I'm sticking with my top three favorite defenses to stream. Number one, Green Bay against Chicago. They have allowed seven, I'm sorry, the seventh most points to opposing defenses. Then we have Denver. I'm sorry, Lions. I know you just won, but still, you're still the Lions. Denver is facing the Lions. The Lions have allowed the fifth most points to opposing defenses. And finally, New Orleans. Shockingly, they are like under 40% rostered in the leagues that I checked, which is crazy to me. But they are facing the Jets, who have allowed the eighth most points to opposing defenses defenses. And that's all you have for me for waivers and streamers. Remember, check out prizepicks.com if you haven't signed up yet already. Use the promo code MMN to get your deposit of up to $100 matched. It's like free money. Pick your over-unders, not just football, tons of sports. Get in on our 7-Eleven challenge. Five over-under picks. Change your bet amount to $7.11. Alan W., I am proud of you for getting back up into first place. Look at you, Joseph W., just Hanging in there and staying in at third. You guys get prizes for second, third. Prizes for middle. Prizes for dead last. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Mayo Media Net. And subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so already. And don't forget to like this video because it makes me look real good in the eyes of my boss, Mr. Pat Mayo. And I will heart you for that always and forever. Good luck in week 14, everybody. And you'll see me soon. All right, everyone, I'm Peter Overzet, back as always here recording on a Monday afternoon to give us the first look at the following week's salaries for the DFS slate on DraftKings. We do this every week. It is the foundation in the primer for your DFS research. As always, lots of stuff changes, lots of injury news, shifting landscape, all of that good stuff. But I like to think of this as a, as a way to get our bearings on what this slate might look like. I should also mention... I'm a little under the weather today, so I'm battling through. I apologize if my energy levels and my excitement for punt plays isn't quite what it usually is, but let's dive into this slate. We do have a decent amount of teams that aren't on the main slate this week. We have four teams on by, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Uh, I guess not any juggernaut offenses we're missing there on offense, but... Uh, the Colts, I think, are interesting. No Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman's been playing well. And uh, no Eagles either. We don't have to deal with the quarterback situation. And I am sure Philly Talk Radio will take care of that for us. Uh, also not on the main slate, Steelers and Vikings play on Thursday night football. Bears-Packers are Sunday night football. And then the Rams and Cardinals are going to be a super fun Monday night football game. But of course, that means we don't get Cooper Cup, no Kyler Murray on the main slate. 
We do have one premier game this week. It is in the 4 p.m. slate. We have the Bills versus the Bucks, and that's the only game I'm seeing right now with an over-under over 50. It opened at 52.5. That, of course, is going to be a very popular fantasy game, and uh, the Bills play tonight against the Patriots, so we'll have to see if anything shakes out with them. I know Zach Moss has been kind of an interesting player in that he was a healthy scratch last week, so there'll be some more information we get about them tonight, but looking forward to that game. There's a few other intriguing games to me. The Chiefs and the Raiders looks kind of interesting. The 49ers and Bengals, to me, that has some shootout potential. And the Cowboys play the Washington football team as well. I could see that be a pace up game. So we're going to dive into it, go through all of the positions here, see what stands out to us. And if you guys are not subscribed to the channel, please do. We are here every Monday, and of course, uh, forthcoming this week will be more DFS picks, more sports betting picks, all of that good stuff. The Mayo Media Network has you covered. And if you want to dive into more data-intensive research for DFS, I highly recommend Run the Sims. You can get 10% off with promo code PETE. You can run batches of simulations, 10,000 simulations for every main slate, every showdown slate. Uh, it is really the best way to play DFS right now. I can't recommend it enough. If you have questions about it, you can ask myself, you can ask Pat Mayo. We'll get you squared away. Um, let's start off right here at quarterback. Obviously, uh, Josh Allen and Tom Brady on the high end in this game that is going to be very popular at 7,800, 7,600. We have Pat Mahomes, though, is the highest quarterback on the slate. Historically, he's done very well against the Raiders, but man, that team is in a slump right now. They, of course, had very muted production last night. Um, you look at these last two games, nine fantasy points, 13 fantasy points for Patrick Mahomes, although at home versus the Raiders looks like a get-right spot, but just not quite the slam dunk that Mahomes used to be. Uh, we do have Lamar Jackson here, who's also been struggling a bit, and I do not love this spot on the road against Cleveland. That feels like it could be a much slower-paced game. He's coming off of three straight games where he hasn't cleared 20 fantasy points. So uh, just my initial take here is that Allen and Brady are going to garner a ton of ownership here at this high end. Justin Herbert at home versus the Giants. The Giants have been kind of a tough defense in that they've just been getting to the quarterback and not allowing a ton of fantasy points. But Herbert's one of the hottest quarterbacks going right now. You can see his box score, 38, 24, 29 points. That will be an interesting game. Seattle showing a little bit signs of life yesterday. Wilson finally cooking a bit through a touchdown to Lockett, through a touchdown, I believe it was to Eskridge, if I'm recalling that correctly. Uh, I apologize. I'm under the weather uh, this week, as I said. So I'm, I'm battling through the elements here, trying to remember what happened yesterday. Joe Burrow is an interesting one. We're going to have to keep tabs. He uh, hurt his finger and he was grimacing on the side um, when he was coming back into the game yesterday. So we'll have to see if he is back to full strength, but I have some interest in that game against San Francisco. And I like that they're at home there. Um, we, uh, I assume we're going to get another Taysom Hill start. This is a much better spot for him against the jets at home, uh, than, you know, against Dallas there. So I think this could be a very fun spot for Taysom. I mean, he didn't even play great. He had four interceptions and had 27 fantasy points. He looked shot out of a cannon on some of those rushes. So Taysom Hill will be a pretty fun fantasy play as usual. If he gets the start, uh, Derek Carr. On the road at Arrowhead, don't know how excited I am about that. 
Cam Newton at home versus Atlanta. That could be interesting at 5,400. I know he's had a roller coaster from that debut against Washington to a really disaster performance at Miami, but at home versus Carolina or sorry, versus the Falcons is a much better spot there. So I don't see anything else jumping out to me. I know Tyrod Taylor is uh, likely to miss some time here. Um, so Davis Mills, I don't know if anyone's getting excited about playing him, but he will be $5,000 as well. And, uh, every week I leave a little candle on maybe, maybe we get a Trey Lance start, but not looking the case. Let's head over to running back where we don't have uh, a ton of options on the high end. One thing I noticed when I was taking a glance at the running backs is last week was all about the running backs in the five thousands. We had Gibson, we had. Montgomery, we had Jamal Williams, we had James Conner, we had Sony Michelle. This week, it's all about the running backs in the 6,000s. Um, I see lots of value here. Barkley at 6,000, Gibson 6,000, uh, DeAndre Swift, if he returns 6,600, uh, Eli Mitchell, who's red hot, 6,700, Patterson, whose price never comes up at 6,900. Those plays all look pretty good to me. Um, Kamara will definitely be interesting against the Jets if he's back at 7,900. Um, Joe Mixon, uh, it looked like he was going to fail on Sunday, but he found a way to get there um, and has been pretty consistent, although that was still a low point for him. That touchdown kind of saved his day. It'll be interesting to see if people are willing to go back to him. Fournette has been really solid of late, um, just operating as a true bell cow. He's going to project well at 7,400. Um, the 5,000 range, uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know, getting his first start with McCaffrey once again out for the season. I'm guessing he's going to be a pretty popular play at 5,900. Devonta Freeman has actually been running pretty well. I've been impressed what I've seen out of him. He had 20 fantasy points, and it's these targets that are really nice for Devonta Freeman. Eight targets there, so I think he's going to be in play. We'll have to see what happens with this uh, Denver backfield, but uh, we do have uh, Melvin Gordon here at 5,400. They did price up Javante Williams just in case uh, Melvin Gordon didn't play. And I think Javante Williams earned uh, the better price tag there at 5,900. He looked phenomenal on Sunday night football, put up 32.8 fantasy points. As of right now, I'm not noticing a lot of super cheap stuff that looks attractive to me. Um, Adrian Peterson did uh, see significant burn for the Seahawks and they play Houston. So maybe there's something here where you get a vintage 20 touch Adrian Peterson game. You can see here, he did get that touchdown, but he was very inefficient, you know, 11 attempts for 16 yards, but the Texans uh, have been a get right spot for a lot of offenses. So we just saw Jonathan Taylor get 32 carries against them and uh, certainly wouldn't blame anyone for kicking the tires on Adrian Peterson here at wide receiver. Like I said, no Cooper cup. And no Justin Jefferson, who have been, you know, some of our elite high-end guys. Tyreek Hill coming off a really poor game on Sunday Night Football. Only four points. Um, we've now seen a couple duds from him. But you still see mixed in here these 20-plus point games. But you're going to have to pay for it at 8500 I'll be curious to see how interested the field is in playing him. Stefan Diggs in that juicy Bucks tampa Bay game should be popular. I'm not sure if we're going to get Debo Samuel back. Um, even if we do get him back, I doubt people are going to be too excited to play him at 8,000. Keenan Allen is probably too cheap for how well he's been playing. Um, you know, he had the eight targets, the two touchdowns, not a ton of yardage, but uh, still a very big focal point of their offense. 
I assume people are going to go back to the Chris Godwin. Well, can't blame him after he had 17 targets, just an insane workload for him in that game at home versus the bills uh, should be a pretty good spot for fantasy. Jamar Chase, you know, he he started the season red hot and he's really cooled off here. Hasn't had a game over 13 points since week seven, but he just narrowly missed a touchdown yesterday. It bounced right off of his hands. It was actually extremely tilting. Uh, so I have no problem going back to Jamar Chase in this spot. Mike Evans looks too cheap to me at 6,600. He's going to be a popular play. Nice to see some signs of life with Seattle, DK Metcalf. Uh, in, in Tyler Lockett are certainly going to be in play in this high sixes range. And as usual, not a lot going in the cheap range for us at wide receiver. I'll keep looking here in the 5k range, Russell Gage, his price is up a little bit after he had a big week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think will be a solid play again. If Debo's out, he had six targets. He isn't, you know, with George Kittle really coming on. Ayuk doesn't have the runway to, you know, get 10 plus targets, but he still offers a nice boom profile within this range. Amari Cooper, really cheap at 5,900. There were some concerns about his health heading into last Thursday's game coming off of the COVID list. He did uh, have one big play, but was otherwise pretty much held in check there. But at 5,900, I definitely don't mind that. Mike Williams' price comes up a little bit to 6,000 after his seven-target game. Nice to see him get the 100-yard bonus there. So. As usual, tons of options in this 5K range here. Gallup looks a little too cheap to me at 5,500. Jarvis Landry also coming off of a massive target game. Uh, 10 targets, 111 yards. I assume the cash game bros are going to be uh, pretty excited to play Jarvis Landry at 5,400. Let's see if we can do any dumpster diving for you here. Um, Rashad Bateman, a little bit of a bummer, was hoping he'd come on a little bit more. Only one target in that game. He's going to be too pricey. Sammy Watkins actually steals the touchdown there. But this has been the story of the year on DraftKings. Just so, so hard to find any cheap plays that are viable. Josh Reynolds took a bit of a backseat to Amon Ross St. Brown, but he still had seven targets. Um, Maybe a little meat on the bone there. Curtis Samuel. Uh, he did uh, return, but only had one target. And I mean, you can just see his profile here. He's just not getting the workload to warrant any uh, play there. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's two guys here that scored touchdowns. Jalen Guyton, um, four targets, had that long bomb. And Freddie Swain, uh, he didn't score. Sorry, that was Dwayne Eskridge, but he did score the week previously. But again, it's real gross down here. I haven't been playing a lot of pump play wide receivers. I did play Devonte Parker last week at 3,900. Um, but yeah, we'll have to stay tuned on the cheap wide receiver portion because it does not look good as I record on a Monday. Uh, tight end, we do have Travis Kelsey at 7,400. But after what he did on Sunday night, only 5.7 fantasy points. I'll be curious if people are willing to go back to him. Uh, that's a pretty hefty price tag for a guy who uh, hasn't been as consistent as we saw last year. I assume people will be much more excited to play George Kittle after his monster game. We knew Kittle had this in him. The slate breaking performance um, just hadn't gotten there. And he finally does there in week 13, 42.6 points. Waller, uh, we'll have to see if he returns. Gronk is going to be popular again. He just continues to score uh, touchdowns. I guess he had a little bit of a cold spell there from touchdowns, but 
just continues to be a producer, whether through yardage or touchdowns, those two touchdowns on 58 yards, good for 21.8 points last week. Um, Tight end remains pretty juicy in this mid-range. Kyle Pitts viable, Dalton Schultz, Hawkinson, Knox, all of these guys pretty viable. Last week we did have Foster Moreau as the cheap pump play uh, tight end, and he disappointed. It'll be interesting here. His price actually comes up uh, to 4000 but um, if Waller doesn't play again, he might be a more interesting option, even though he's more pricey. The ownership might not be there in the way it was when he was super cheap. Gerald Everett was getting a decent amount of usage, but just making some really boneheaded mistakes. So I'll be curious to see uh, what his role is like, but seven or six targets from a $3,500 tight end isn't bad. Um, Not a lot down here otherwise. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can squint and find any plays for you, but right now I'm not noticing it. Maybe John Bates uh, with Logan Thomas likely to miss some time. He came in and saw four targets. He'll probably end up being kind of one of the popular uh, punt play tight ends. And as always, we'll wrap up with defense here. Uh, I assume Giants at 2,300 against the Chargers will be in play for people. Everyone always loves paying down. Even the Jags uh, versus Tannehill should be fine. What do we have on the upper end here? Chargers at home versus the Giants. Broncos at home versus uh, Detroit. Broncos D has been really good. They held the uh, Chiefs in check last night, uh, although only yielded four fantasy points. The Saints versus the Jets looks pretty good. And let's see, what do we got in the mid-range? Definitely would be fine playing the Panthers at home versus the Falcons. That looks pretty good to me. Uh, And also like taking stabs on the Ravens and Browns whenever those two teams play those divisional matchups tend to be pretty juicy from a fantasy perspective. That is our first look on the slate. My big kind of takeaway is I think that Bill's Bucks game is going to be extremely popular and uh, lots of 6K running backs that look pretty nice. And uh, wide receiver seems kind of like the most wide open of the positions as I look at it now. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we will get some value. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, subscribe to the channel. Check out Run the Sims if you're looking to up your DFS game. I'm Peter Overzet. We'll see you guys next week.